This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 443. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of the great website techguide.com.au. On this week's show, a flagship smartphone's on the way out as the mid-tier surges. Dyson has launched a new air purifier that's strong enough to filter formaldehyde. And Sony has unveiled its VR system and controllers for the PlayStation 5. In the Tech Guide reviews, we run our eye over the Samsung 85-inch 8K Neo QLED TV. The new service that does for books, what Spotify does for music, and GoPro's new app that puts some powerful image and video editing features in your hands. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Take a look at your smartphone. Is it one of the later devices? Is it a flagship device? And by flagship, I'm talking about a device that costs more than $1,000 and above. So $1,200, $1,500 and, and above. That's flagship class. So if you're paying more than 1000 bucks for a phone, then that's a flagship device in my books. And Samsung released the S21 in January, uh, starting at, I think, 1200 bucks, all the way up to $2,000. Late last year, Apple, they launched the iPhone 12, their first 5G device, pricing again, 1200 and above. And, and I think the iPhone 12 Pro Max with 512 gig, I think is, you're talking $2,500. So my question is this, how long are we going to continue to pay more than 1000 bucks for a smartphone? The reason I ask that is because the mid-tier of smartphones, so we're talking $499 to, let's call it $800, has become so good that I think there'll be many customers questioning the fact and wondering why they would need to spend more than $1,000 on a smartphone. Just last week, Samsung unveiled its range of Galaxy A devices. So these are the Galaxy A32, Galaxy A52, Galaxy A72. These devices have four camera systems. So four lenses in the camera system, 5G connectivity, super AMOLED displays, and a long lasting battery. So these are the these are the tent pole features that customers look for. They are the boxes they want to be ticked when they're looking at a new device. This is what they want. Now, these are obviously Android devices as well. And when we talk mid-tier, the majority of the mid-tier, of course, is Android. The only mid-tier iPhone would be the iPhone SE, which is about $650. But it has home button it is has a design that's many many years old the only other mid-tier iphones would be refurbished iphones we've seen recently coles offering i think the iphone 8 for 350 dollars before the year before was the six and we're going to see the refurbished iphone market is i think the probably the biggest competitor to the android mid-tier market because apple just don't make a cheap phone their phones, unless they're the more the later models, so the, the the models that are like normally when they release a new device, the previous year's model becomes hundreds of dollars cheaper. So unless you're looking at like we'll use the iPhone XR for example, that's still around a thousand dollars, nine hundred dollars. So it's sort of upper mid tier, I'll call that. So the the bulk of the market, if you're a mid tier customer and you're an Android user you are in the sweet spot because 
these Samsung devices are really impressive. So they've got, yes, they've launched the S21, which was back in January. And this ha- the, the, what illustrates how important this, these phones are for Samsung is the fact that they got the S21 launch out the way and they had a global launch just last week for this new Galaxy A series. That's how important it is in their portfolio. And in this market, so the mid-tier market, Samsung have had the Galaxy A series for a couple of years now. And in that market alone, one in two devices sold is a Samsung. They're already the world's number one smartphone manufacturer. And in the mid-tier, they're also right up there as well. So they account for nearly half of those devices and other companies like Oppo, TCL, Realme, Vivo, all these other brands make up the other numbers. So the competitive the competition in this tier is high. And what we're seeing, the reason this is happening is because give two to three years ago, any of these Samsung devices would have been classed as flagship phones because they had those, the quad camera system, the really nice screen, the 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 Infinity O display, so it's got the hole punch in the screen, the 5,000 milliamp hour battery, and, and the great designs as well. So these would have been considered a couple of years ago to be flagship products. So I think Samsung is almost competing against itself here because, yes, there is a market for the S21, which has the much better camera, much nicer display, much nicer design. It's made out of better materials. So these these are the, the differences we're seeing here. I think what this also does, it puts pressure on companies like Samsung and Apple to continue to innovate to produce the features that would attract customers to their flagship products. So it really is going to be, uh, it's going to be hard to justify spending thousands of dollars on a device unless it has some whiz-bang new feature, amazing design, way upgraded camera and video camera on board. So it's really, they've got to really be pushing the envelope to justify to, to justify a price tag that's going to be well over a thousand bucks. And look, I think a lot of people too, they just like having the latest and greatest. But in this post COVID world we're living in, I'm finding that there are a lot of, a lot of you guys, a lot of my readers are contacting me and asking for recommendations in this mid tier market. So I think post COVID, now I think a lot of people are starting to really take stock of what where their money is going. I think there's a lot of people who did it tough during COVID and maybe lost their jobs, were on JobKeeper, there were their businesses were were closed down for a period. Or they might have been in the travel industry, who knows? But the point is it's going to be really hard to justify spending fifteen hundred dollars on a smartphone anymore. So I think a lot of people are they are really doing the doing their sums and realizing that you know what? A $500 phone can do the job of a $1,500 phone. So I think this is a really important tier. This tier is going to explode this year. Taking a closer look at the Samsung devices and the A32, there's an A32 5G, there's an A52 and an A52 5G and an A72. The A32 and A32 5G are actually the same price. So for customers who perhaps want a better camera, better screen, and don't particularly uh, are not particularly interested in 5G, there's that option. That that's how refined this market is. This tier is same deal for the A52. Someone 5G is not a priority. They prefer to have a better camera, and they're giving them that that choice as well. And then there's the A72, which is a 4G device, but has a really good camera, a better screen and a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. The, the differences are the some models have a 120 hertz refresh rate, for example, on the screen. The other difference is 5G, as I mentioned. Uh, the other difference is also slightly better camera, 
the four the four lens system is slightly better on some models. So it really gives customers many choices within this mid tier range. And the good news is too, the the this the range goes on sale on April the 9th. And they have a special offer that if you buy a phone within the first two weeks where it go, when it goes on sale, so you've got up until the, the 23rd of April, they're offering a bonus pair of Samsung's Galaxy Buds Live earphones. These are those, those kidney bean-shaped earphones that are worth $319. So imagine you buy a $499 phone, so the A32 or the A32 5G, you get a three hundred and nineteen dollar pair of earphones, so the phone's only the phone's only going to cost you one hundred and twenty bucks if you do the sums there. So that's a pretty good deal. So the Galaxy A series April nine they go on sale. Uh, I've also reviewed uh, uh, recently the Oppo A fifty three S. I'm really excited about the TCL twenty series, the twenty Pro series that that's uh, weeks away from launch as well. So there's the, that that's coming also. The real me, uh, I've got the real me seven that I'm reviewing as well. So and that's a that's a five G phone under five hundred dollars as well, but with some some amazing features on board too. So really going to be a an interesting segment for for twenty twenty one the mid tier smartphones and us are flagship phones still a thing will they still be a thing moving forward uh, so i'll be really keen to see how the the samsung's and apples of the world uh, what they produce what the, what is the next big thing what feature is going to be the new flagship feature but in the meantime the mid-tier range is doing pretty well thank you very much so if you want to take a look at the smartphones the the samsung galaxy a series of mid-tier smartphones you can check that out as well as those other mid-tier reviews that i've done including the tcl announcements also if you want to check all of those out you can do that at techguide.com this is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, Dyson are at it again. Dyson, oh, I really, I really enjoy watching what Dyson are doing and and writing about their new products because there's they're such an engineering driven company. They're always striving for improvement. And you know, there's a, the new product is quieter, it's faster, it better suction, does all this, and it's it's fascinating. And, and their technology, their engineering, they've put to really good use. And one area is in the air purification area. So uh, if you perhaps might you might be yourself or maybe one of your children, uh, if you have allergies and sensitivities, it's a great idea to have an air filter because you think about it, even before COVID we were spending 90% of the time indoors. And indoors, there are probably, in many cases, more pollutants than there are outside. And if you do have allergies, those sensitivities, if it's cooking smells, all these other things that are in your house, then an air purifier is something you really need to make sure that the air you're breathing, and we breathe, 9,000 litres of air a day. That's all of us. That's a lot of air that passes through that we breathe in and out. And if that if that air is not purified, is, is not uh, if there are contaminants in the air, then that could lead to us having these irritations and allergies. Now, in the case of the very latest Dyson, we're talking about the new pure and cool purifier, the pure hot and cold uh, air purifier. But it has another designation. It's called Dyson Purifier Pure Hot and Cold Formaldehyde. And formaldehyde has been singled out in this range in this range of products because formaldehyde is something that is all around us. I asked when I first saw this release, I actually went to a, a secret briefing. I couldn't talk about it till today. I asked, what's the big deal about formaldehyde? And I'm, I was fascinated to learn that it's everywhere. Formaldehyde is a it's an, a colourless, flammable, really strong smelling chemical, and it's in all kinds of things, building materials, a lot of household products. It's in a lot of pressed wood products. So if you you think about if you've got maybe a flat pack from IKEA or you just bought new furniture. Uh, you, you you might have some plywood, some fiberboard. Uh, it, it's it's in insulation. 
It's also in products like paint, wallpaper, varnishes, household cleaning products. So basically, we're surrounded by formaldehyde. And formaldehyde is a sort of thing that can cause eye irritation, nose irritation, lung irritations, and is really, really small. The formaldehyde particles, this is like a science lesson when I, when I was, had this briefing. It was fascinating. Formaldehyde is tiny. It is so small. It is 500 times smaller than particles that are the size of 0.1 microns. So in other words, formaldehyde is really difficult to capture. But the good news is Dyson has done it. They've come up with this new product that has a new sealed HEPA 13 standard filtration and to boot, it's 20% quieter than the previous model. So you know how this is a fan, so the airflow, 20% quieter. That's, that's really cool if you are cool or hot, get it? Uh, that is really good. The 20% quieter operation is great because a lot of people like to use these at night. So if you got got this, you don't want to have the sound of a jet engine near your ear in the bedroom at nighttime. So the twenty percent quieter airflow is going to be a really important, really important. I think customers will really respond to that. So uh, that's pretty pretty cool. But formaldehyde, this was something that was pretty hard to capture, and there have been some other devices on the market that use certain types of gels. They've got a gel based capture system. Problem with that is that it's not as accurate, it's not as as sturdy, if you like, it's not as uh, efficient as the Dyson air purifier. And the problem too with the gel capture is the gel over time would dry out, so it would lose its potency. It'd be very, it's very hard to capture that formaldehyde. And ju- just in on those things that I mentioned, it is everywhere. You know when you unpack, if you've got you've unpacked some furniture and that smell. That's formaldehyde. Uh, I think it's also part of the new car smell. You know, when you get in a car and it's got that smell, that, that's part of that as well. It's formaldehyde. It, it is everywhere. And, and it, it was really an eye-opener learning about formaldehyde as a result of this, uh, this briefing that I had with Dyson. And it is, uh, it is something that really we need to be, to, to be concerned about and to get, get filter out of the air that we breathe. Uh, the, the device itself looks very much like the previous model, but just the sensitivity of the filter, uh, the sensors the sensors on board is what, what drives the filters into action. And they're so sensitive. They did a really cool demonstration where they got, they just um, put a little couple of drops of hand sanitizer on their hand and just waved it around the, dev- the, the product. And suddenly there was this detection of, of, uh, of, Partic- particles in the air and 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 uh, it 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 was alerted even just to that the little little bit of hand sanitizer on your hands it it, it could even they they did a really good demonstration too where um, they were tearing pieces of paper near near the the Dyson as well the the device and it too was picked up so the filtration well the detection. And the filtration have gone to the next level here. And uh, he, he, I think it'll be something that will be really popular with customers because A, it's quieter. B, it's got much better filtration. That pesky formaldehyde is going to suddenly be filtered out of our lives. And as I said, the amount of time we've spent in our house, now even more because of COVID and, and now that we're getting over the pandemic, still a lot of people are working from home, learning from home. So having having that home environment to be as as healthy as possible is really, really important. Now, the new Dyson product, there's two of them. There's the Dyson Pure Hot and Cold Formaldehyde, which is the shorter, smaller version. And then there's the Dyson HEPA Cool Formaldehyde, which is the taller. It's only just a cooling device. Uh, the, the, that is also coming, released on May. It'll be released on May 27. Now, the Hot and Cold, which is the smaller device, is going to be priced at 999 bucks. The taller HEPA formaldehyde device, which is just for cooling, that's going to be $799. But if you want to read more about formaldehyde, learn a bit more about it and see these products, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Now, if you're lucky enough 
to have a Sony PlayStation 5, then you would probably be the envy of a lot of people. The PS5 is still pretty scarce on the ground. Is uh, I think stock starting to come back into the country right now. I I uh, just received some accessories, so the the stock is arriving in the country. So hopefully the PS5 pla- uh, consoles are there too. Hopefully you've got your name down. Hopefully you've already got one. But what Sony has just announced is the VR gaming system for the PlayStation Five which you can just imagine this is going to the, the power of this console is going to take VR to an all new level and not only we we haven't seen the headset yet uh, they haven't revealed that but they have they have mentioned the fact that it is already being uh, being uh, manufactured and it will also be distributed to the gaming community and development community so they can develop titles for that hardware we haven't seen it yet so i think that there's going to be a lot of prototypes floating out floating around out there and these developers will take that and they will then utilize the new features and the new its new power to create titles once this goes on sale and it won't go on sale till next year at the earliest, they're saying Sony is saying that there's still a bit of work to do while the 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 development is in the, is in the process. It's still in development. It will go on sale sometime in 2022, hopefully early 2022. But one thing, one area thing or product that we did get a look at, uh, they did unveil are the new controllers for VR. Now these are brand new. They've got this orb shaped design, which basically your hands sit inside this orb. And within the orb are the controls. So you've got your similar, similar to the PlayStation 5 controller. It does have that tension-based system. So uh, it, it's it's able to give you that dual sense control. So very similar innovation that was introduced. So just changes the way the, the, the games feel. So uh, that that's really interesting there. Uh, so it ha- does have this unique design that's that's aim to give you full access to the controls yet still give you this high level of freedom they don't want to they don't want you to feel encumbered so even though your hands are holding this device you, your fingers and, and you've got a lot of range of movement so it still has that adaptive trigger similar tension levels to the PlayStation 5's controller you're also getting the haptic feedback so you can feel the various sensations whether you're you're in a fight or climbing a wall but what what's also on board, and this is really interesting, is finger touch detection. So what this means is your fingers can be detected without the need to press a button, which I find really interesting. There's also, of course, the traditional action buttons and analog sticks that you can control as well. So prototypes of the new controller are also going to be in the hands of developers so they can come up they can incorporate the the controls and the look and feel into their games. I'm really interested in seeing how the the finger touch detection is going to work. Also, one thing they've done too, and I applaud this, they've really simplified the design, but also simplified the way it connects to the console. So it's now connecting with a single cable. Isn't that much better? Uh, I remember when the PlayStation 4 VR came out, which is already four years ago, it was so complicated. This cable connects here, and then there's another device here, and then that cable's got to go there. And it was like solving a Rubik's Cube, trying to put this thing together. But now it's going to be one cable connection. So really, really simple setup, simple, fast to connect, easy to use. That's what we want. We want to just get at the game. We want to ha- don't have to be stuffing around connecting 18 cables to get this thing to work. So that's a really good move. But if you don't have a PlayStation 5, this is all really great. But by the time this comes out in 2022, so in another year, then hopefully there'll be PlayStation 5s for everyone. Everyone will have their PlayStation 5 that they ordered, probably, probably getting it in 2022, the one they ordered in 2020. But anyway, we are, we are waiting to see for real the vr system how it will look and of course it's got a headset so you need to have your eyes covered but the vr controllers though you can see them right now because i've got pictures of them on techguide.com.au this is tech guide
The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. And what a review we're kicking off with this week. We had a look at the Samsung 85-inch 8K Neo QLED TV. And boy, oh boy, is this a nice television. It's 85-inch, so the size of it was really impressive. So uh, just a big, massive screen. But with zero bezel, the infinity screen is aptly named because the bezel is, I think, a millimeter or two thick. So there's no, you know, the black, the black line around the edge of the TV. It was absolutely tiny. You can see a video that I've done on Tech Guide. There's also a uh, picture as well. You can see just how thin that bezel is. So all you're seeing when you when you're watching this TV, there, there there appears to be no edge to the screen. It's just picture. So there's no black thick black line, thick black bezels around the TV. So immediately you're just mesmerised that you all you see is the picture, and that's incredible. Now, off the bat, I'm going to tell you right now, this is a fourteen thousand dollar TV. Okay, so unless you're travelling pretty well, uh, this isn't the TV that you will probably buy. But there is a range, the QLED, the Neo QLED technology, which I'll explain in a moment, will be available in not only the 8K range of Samsung TVs, but also the 4K TVs, which vary in size from 85-inch down to 55-inch. So if you're not travelling well enough to buy the 8K 85-inch, there are options, whether it's 8K or 4K, it still has the same Neo QLED technology as and design as this 85-inch TV that I reviewed. So just just bear that in mind that, yes, this is the top-of-the-line TV, that the technology and what I'm about to describe is also available on those smaller uh, and more affordable models of the TV. So 8K and 4K. Naturally, Samsung's positioning 8K as their flagship because having an 8K TV kind of future-proofs your purchase because 8K content is coming, not there yet, uh, but it, there is there is some amazing upscaling technology that what you're watching on the TV, uh, the, the TV is intelligent enough to, thanks, thanks to the Neo Quantum Processor 8K, this is a processor that analyzes and upscales whatever's on your screen up to 8K in real time. There's some, some amazing AI going on board, some serious processing power. And just on that front, I tested it out with, I, I decided to watch, naturally I'm a big fan, so I put Star Wars on there. The original Star Wars movie from 1977. Yes, I know it's been through its special editions. It's gone through all that. So I watched the 4K version, streamed it off Disney+. And I was amazed at the upscaling that it could do. So there were no jagged lines. It was all very smooth, really crisp, lot of high clarity, great color. And there were things on the screen that I hadn't noticed before. The example I give in the story, there's a photo that I took just off the screen, is, you know, the very first scene of Star Wars after the the the, the ship, the Tantive Four is being chased by the Imperial, the Imperial Starship and uh, the the ship's captured, and you see R2-D2 and C-3PO in the halls of the Tantive Four, so those white hallways. And there's a up, up, I took a shot up close, there's a close-up of C-3PO. And in the shot, the upscaling was so good that I was noticing things in the picture 
that I hadn't noticed watching the movie before. So when I stopped to have a good look at it, I did notice on his chest plate, so the area just below his neck, the top of his chest, there's several cracks in, 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 his, in the metal, uh, in, the, in the finish of his, of his metallic suit there. And it was made a lot clearer through this upscaling. So I was that, that impressed me off the bat. There is also another a close-up shot you see on the on my story on Tech Guide there of one of the rebel troopers waiting. There's a close-up of this guy's face and you can see every single hair and his every hair in his eyebrows and his blue eyes and even the pores of his skin and the little redness on his cheeks. The detail's remarkable, and for it to be upscaled like that on the fly is very, very impressive. I did also watch a lot of nature documentaries, and uh, the, 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 the upscaling and just the, the clarity was really, really impressive. But the real big new feature of Samsung's Neo QLED TVs is the new backlighting system. Now, Traditionally, what Samsung would use, uh, their backlight source were sort of these button-sized LEDs that would provide the brightness and they would dim to, to create the darker areas of the screen. And that, that's, that's what was used up until now until they decided to go with quantum mini LED. So it's like they've gone from having a button-sized LED lamp to this micro layer of the mini LED, which has microscopic lights. So you can just imagine how much control and how much detail that's going to now offer. And not only did it offer great clarity, really natural color, but also improved black levels. Because if you've got more control over the backlight and dimming and brightening various more areas of the screen, you can create deeper black levels. And that's what that's what Samsung has done here. Even in, and I look really closely, I've got a video for you to watch as well, but even if you look really closely, the, the hardest thing to do is to have a bright colour next to a really dark colour. And what happens with a lot of LED TVs is a thing called blooming. So the brightness of some pixels bleed into the darker areas of the picture and that's what the, that's what's called blooming. So the 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 darkness is compromised. The dark areas is compromised slightly because of the bleed of the light coming from the brighter colors. Now, in the case of the of the U, the Neo QLED, because of these lights being so microscopic, there's more control over where that light ends and where the next color begins. So the definition of of, of bright colors on a dark background is really, really high. It's, it's really clear. And the best example, of, I've also pictured this too. There's another example I used on the video was a close-up of a, of a flame. And I got right in and zoomed right in to, to the point where you can see the pixels and where they stop and where the black pixels start. That was really impressive how there was no blooming. The other area to see an example of that is the opening crawl of the of Star Wars, you know, the, when the, when the the words go up the screen, that opening crawl, you can just see the letters are so well defined against a black background that's still very black. So right there is is I was I was impressed there as well. In terms of the black levels, the TV has this twelve bit contrast levels and can generate four thousand and ninety six levels of grayscale. So you can just imagine the amount of detail you have in the darker areas of the screen. That's a lot of subtlety that a lot of TVs miss out on because there is uh, having having that level of detail in the darker areas of the screen is really hard to produce. So the less levels of grayscale you have, the less detail you can offer. In this case, there's 4,096 levels of grayscale. So in those darker parts of the screen, you're going to see a massive difference. Now, the, the other improvements that are, that are really clear the minute you put, lay eyes on this screen is the really bright natural color. So the blues, greens, reds really pop 
But to the point where they still look very natural, there's nothing fake about it. You know, back in the day, the LCD TVs used to really pump up the colour. It was almost like watching a cartoon. It was just too good. But here, with the and I was watching nature documentaries, movies, all kinds of content, and the colour is really true, really natural, uh, and just so lifelike. In the video, you'll see what what appears to be a shot. You, you're looking at a crab or a, a shot of the of some trees, and then I pull back and you realise, oh, holy hell, that's actually the, the picture on the TV. It looks so real. The realism, uh, you'll forget you're watching a TV. Uh, so across the board here, so many improvements. The other thing too on the audio side is they've still got their uh, the OTA, the object tracking audio. So there are speakers that line the left, right, and top edges of this of the Neo QLED TV. So what that allows you to do, it allows you to hear the directional sound. Say a car drives left to right across the screen, you'll hear the sound going from the left speakers on the TV and going across the top of the TV to the right-hand side. So it gives you that impression that you're following the sound uh, as it goes through. So rather than you, you normally require multiple speakers to achieve that kind of surround sound, it does it on its screen. So that's, that's really impressive as well. That was on last year's model, but it's been enhanced even further with this year's model. And it's got a feature called Q-Symphony. So if you have a soundbar, a Samsung soundbar, you'll also be able to combine the TV speakers with the soundbar to create this amazing audio experience. I, and I was watching Star Wars with the Q-Symphony, and what I found, I had to move the rear speakers back a little bit. They were, they were beside me where I was watching it. I had to move them behind me because there was a lot of output coming from those speakers, and it was I couldn't quite hear the voices from the, from the TV. There is, there is clear voice, another feature that makes the voices clearer. But I think with the right placement, the speakers placed right, you are getting feedback from all of these speakers. It, it literally surrounds you, the audio. And there's also Atmos as well. So uh, the, the, it creates this amazing, this amazing feeling, this experience of the sound coming like it's coming down from you, going over your head. And that, that's when combined with the Q950T, Q950A soundbar, which is has 11.1.4 channels, true Dolby Atmos, DTS-X, amazing sound quality. And combined, it was just a remarkable audio and video experience. Uh, I want to mention too the the remote control. I don't talk much about the remote control when I do a TV review, but in this instance, I will because this is a new solar-powered remote control, would you believe? There's a little solar cell on the back of the remote that can be powered by outside light and inside light. So if you've got lights turned on, any kind of light in your house will power this remote control. It'll gather that light in your home, if there's sunlight shining in, even better. So that way you don't need batteries. And because it doesn't need batteries, it's it's really light, really light, easy to hold. And the other advantage too is that it is going to prevent millions of little AAA batteries ending up in landfill. So no more batteries for Samsung remote TV remotes anymore. It is solar powered, which I think is a pretty cool new feature. So overall, I think, look, audio quality great, video, the picture quality, I have to say, and I've said this in my review, probably the one of the best pictures I've ever seen on a television. And the fact that it's 8K, it is, it is Neo QLED, it is really beautiful to watch this television. You'll find I just couldn't tear myself away when I uh, when I had to stop my review. I was a bit disappointed. I wanted to stay there and watch watch the TV for even more, for even longer. So yeah, the uh, the already in market the Neo QLED range from Samsung. I had the pleasure of watching the 85 inch 8K top of the line TV, which would look gorgeous in my house. I've already said to Samsung that that would look really nice in my home. So uh, you never know what's going to happen there. But uh, if you if you're after a new TV, the Samsung Samsung Neo QLED TVs, definitely worth a look. It is a huge improvement over last year's models. Uh, and if you want to take a closer look at my review and also to watch the video we shot as well, uh, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, I know that you're listening to this podcast 
but do you also like listening to your books? I know I do. I'm a big audiobook fan. I'm also a big reader. My, my procedure is normally I've got a printed book on the go, I've got an audio book on the go, and I've got a couple of podcasts on the go, and I've also got a non-fiction book on the go. So they're all the things that I can that I read and listen to. Uh, and if you're like me, then you'll be happy to hear that there's a new service that can give you like an all-you-can-eat for books and audiobooks for $13.99 a month. Now, it's called Scribed. I've, there's no E in it. It's S-C-R-I-B-D, and I'm happy to welcome any suggestions on how to pronounce it. I thought it might be Scribd because there's no E, so it's a trendy little spelling. If you had the E in it, it'd be Scribed. So I don't know how you want me to pronounce it, but I'm going to call it Scribd for the rest of this this segment. And it's $13.99 a month, and it allows you to access books, audiobooks, podcasts, magazine articles, and get this, even sheet music. So I don't know whether you're a musician, you might have a little Hammond organ at home, you might be have a piano in the corner, you can access sheet music as well through this service, $13.99 a month, and Scribd, Scribd, I don't know how to say it, Scribd has been, uh, it's already uh, launched in other countries, it's been in other countries for quite some time, more than 100 million subscribers worldwide, it's just launched here in Australia, uh, and they've also got all the major publishers on their side, Murdoch Books, Simon & Schuster, HarperCollins, Fremantle Press, just to name a few. They've got them over the line already. So the number of books you can access, we're already in the millions of titles. Uh, That's only going to increase. Now, the thing with this service, like Spotify, you pay your monthly fee and it's an all-you-can-eat platform. So if you can read a book a day, then you can read a book a day on Scribd and it's not going to cost you any more than $13.99 a month. Now, if you're into your audio books, it's the same deal. Now, the, the, the advantage that the, the biggest competitor here in terms of the audiobook side, and I'm a big fan of, of Audible. I listen, to, I listen to their audiobooks from Audible because they've got, they normally have the very latest publications first. They've also got a much wider selection of audiobooks. And they have a service too. You can be an audio uh, Audible member for, I think it's $16.99 a month. You get one free audiobook. But if you want another audio book, you're going to have to pay full price for it. Uh, so, but again, they have the much wider range, immediate releases. They've got the whole the whole gamut. Uh, in in Scribd's case, they've got a, a lot of audio books, not as many as Audible, obviously, but still a healthy selection. So, if you like your audio books as well, then you're going to get your value for money. If you're like me, reading a book, listening to a book at the same time, then that's uh, that's a pretty good start. Uh, and you know, this is you got to remember the consumer book category is worth two billion dollars annually just in Australia. So, don't think people aren't reading because we've got these shiny devices. That's where we're reading on the device. Now, from with a lot of people have asked me about this service. You can only read your books on your screen in the app on your iPhone or Android device or on your tablet. You can't ex- you cannot export the file to your e-reader. So you need to be reading on the on your on your smartphone or tablet. Um, so that I think that's a copyright issue there because if you could export the file and put it wherever you want, then you're going to be you can share that to anyone you want and they don't have to subscribe to the service. So that that's that's one thing we need to take note of there. Uh, there's a free 30-day trial. Uh, you can do that. And then after that, you'll get charged $13.99 a month moving forward. So if you love reading, I think that's pretty good value there. And of some notable titles, all the Aussie titles that are available right now, including Boy Swallows Universe, Penguin Bloom, Scrublands, all of Jane Harper's books. She's been a guest on the show, by the way, Jane Harper, the author, Australian author. She wrote The Dry, Force of Nature, Lost Man, Survivors. Uh, so all of those are there also. Even international authors, uh, Jody Pico, Sally Rooney, Karen Slaughter, they're all uh, they're all available on this platform as well. The, the Woman in the Window, too, great book by A.J. Finn. They're making it into a movie. Well worth a read. I've read that as well. Uh, but Scribd, if you uh, Scribd, Scribd, however you want to say it, doesn't matter how you pronounce it, as long as you, you're $13.99 a month, 
you can say it how you like if you want to be a customer. $13.99 for the reading service, the all-you-can-eat reading service. So uh, you want to find out more about it and check it out, see exactly how it works and see some images from the app. You can do that at techguide.com.au. Now, for those of you who have a GoPro camera and love filming, love taking photos, even if you don't have a GoPro, they do have, GoPro has a great app. Uh, it's now called Quick. This is an update. They've relaunched its mo- the mobile app uh, and reinvented it. It is so much more powerful and really helps you get the most out of your pictures and your video. And it does this with some amazing editing tools and also has some auto-generating videos. And by that I mean it can recognise when there are many photos and videos taken in the one location, and it'll consider that an event, and it can automatically stitch together a video complete with music to the beat of your videos. It's remarkable. It's got this amazing intelligence, this AI on board that can do this for you. Uh, so really powerful content you can create and share. So say you've been out, I don't know, you've been um, mountain biking and you've got your GoPro, you can you can export all the video and footage and photos into the app so you can wirelessly transfer it from the device to the phone and it'll see this in your camera roll and then you can choose what uh, different themes and different music and it is amazing what you can produce. And and w- because it, can, it recognises those multiple pictures and videos from the same event, it what it produces is remarkable and it's all beat synced to the music. Uh, you can add themes and titles, create slow-mo sequences and everything. You, your friends are going to think that you're a professional editor, the quality of stuff that you can create and share. And because this is a, obviously an iOS and Android app, it'll, it'll be able to not only use the images already on your camera roll, but also uh, it'll be able to take on board video and, and photos taken from using a GoPro camera and also a DSLR. So it's not you're not limited to just having a GoPro to really enjoy uh, the the GoPro Quick app and its its amazing editing features that are right there on board. Uh, the you can import uh, unlimited importing of your favorite photos and videos. You can, you've also got unlimited cloud backup, which is going to come later this year. And the audio video creation that I mentioned, new GoPro original music, so all these royalty-free tracks that are curated in-house at GoPro, all these powerful editing tools, a video speed tool so you can make your videos faster or slower, exclusive filters and lots of themes. You can even extract still photos from your videos as well and really easy way to share it on social media as well. Now, the GoPro Quick app is free to download, but if you want to unlock the complete the app's complete capabilities, its full capabilities, you can subscribe for just a hundred, sorry, for $1.99 a month, not $199, $1.99 a month or $9.99 for the year. Now, subscribers will receive unlimited cloud backup of imported photos at their original quality. Now, GoPro subscribers can pay $49.95 a year They'll receive, uh, if they decide to take up that, they'll receive $100 off up to three GoPro cameras per year and 50% off accessories and guaranteed damaged camera replacement. It's worth taking up that subscription. If you want to buy a new GoPro, you spend $50 to save $100. Hello? That's a no-brainer. You'd want to do that. If you're a GoPro user, if you want to buy a new GoPro, Take out the subscription, $49.95, get 100 bucks off, not just one, up to three GoPro cameras per year. I think that's a pretty good deal. The GoPro Quick app, it's a beauty. Go check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. 
It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you every week by our good mates at Belkin. Uh, They've got some great new iPhone cables. They've also got some amazing batteries. And so if you want to keep stay charged on the go, Belkin is the place to look, belkin.com forward slash AU. We're going to chat about storage. And I get a lot of emails from people asking, look, is it worth me spending many money to back up my photos? I'm running out of room. And the answer is, of course it is. For the price of a cup of coffee, less than that, in some cases like a dollar fifty or two dollars, you can expand. Normally, the free the free offering is like five gig. I think up to fifteen gig in some services, but for an extra dollar fifty or four dollars a month, you can get like two hundred gig and all this extra storage for not only you, but they're also family plans. So all of the family can back up to one service, whether it's iCloud. Google One, which is a part of the Google service for one for their drive, uh, whether it's OneDrive, which is which is Microsoft service. There's so many options, and it is well worth investing those few dollars a month to have extra storage because we're taking lots of photos, we're shooting lots of videos, they're on our devices, we want to back them up in the cloud, and when we get a new device really easy to get to access them uh, your photos in the cloud or whatever devices uh, whatever documents or videos you have in the cloud uh, you, the backup of your phone could be in the cloud as well with that service so it's well worth the purchase so don't be don't be thinking look for a dollar 50 a month don't be thinking oh should I do it I reckon do it anyway because you're not going to have less photos and videos. You're going to have more. And guess what? Your family members are also going to do that as well. The other alternative would be to download all your photos to a hard drive and to archive all your photos and then delete them from the cloud and start again. So you can sort of, if you want to make room rather than having everything up there, there's that possibility as well. But yeah, there's a bit of work behind that. You've got to buy the drive and you've got to stay on top of that. So there is an option. But my recommendation, spend the extra money for your online storage. And that is the end of our show for this week. Everything we've spoken about, of course, you can find at our website, techguide.com.au. And please get in touch with us, info at techguide.com.au or click on the Ask Stephen icon at techguide.com.au. That'll create an email and it'll be sent straight to me. We want to give a special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors who support Support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. <laughs>